Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Janice M., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is September, Monday, September 29th, 2014. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are at page XIII, paragraph 2, beginning with, it is important. And our today readers are the 12 Steps, Deanna B., 12 Traditions, Anne Marie. The text will be in this order, Renata, Helena, and Sarah W. The reference number for Sunday yesterday, which was September 28, 2014, our Sunday special edition is 6915 pound, 6915. Okay, the OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You book, book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Deanna B. to kindly read the 12 steps. Deanna, please press star 1 to unmute. Thank you. These are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over our food, yet our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation 
to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Deanna B. I will now ask Anne-Marie to please read the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Good morning, Janice. This is, and everyone else, uh, this is Anne-Marie, um, M, Recovered Compulsive Eater. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, OVEs Anonymous should be renamed forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible for those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no option. No, I'm sorry. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, a public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Anne-Marie M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we're going to resume our study of the big book in chapter um, that's, uh, that is forward to the four, first edition on page XIII 
and uh, we're going to begin on paragraph two, it, beginning with, it is important. So I'm going to ask, please, Renata, to be our first reader, please. Hi, Janice. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata, Recovered Compulsive Reader in New York. It is important that we remain anonymous because we are too few at the present to handle the overwhelming number of personal appeals which may result from this publication. Being mostly business or professional folk, we could not well carry on our own occupations in such an event. We would like to we would like it understood that our alcoholic work is an avocation. When writing or speaking publicly about alcoholism, we urge each of our fellowship to omit his personal name, designating himself instead as a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Very earnestly, we ask the press also to observe this request, for otherwise we shall be greatly handicapped. Um, you know, the first uh, 100, the, the recovered 100, they expected this book to revolutionize many lives. And so they worried that if there was no anonymity, they wouldn't be able to handle the number of requests for information about the program of recovery outlined in this book. Uh, you know, they feared that the publicity uh, would harm their jobs and their careers. Uh, they made it very clear that their alcoholic work was an activity in addition to their jobs. It wasn't the, their main main job, right? Um, they had to, to make a living before they could devote themselves to 12-step work. Uh, on page 19, uh, paragraph 1, it says, None of us make a sole vocation of this work nor do we think its effectiveness would be increased if we did. Uh, so again, it's not their main occupation. You know, instead, they practice the 12-step the principles in all their affairs, including their, their jobs. Um, you know, uh, for me, like, I, I don't need to quit my job to practice 12-step work. I need to to carry the 12-step principles in all my affairs, whatever they are, you know, within the family and my job, with friends. Um, they also made it clear that anonymity should be used when speaking publicly about AA, and they asked the media to respect that also. They did not mention anonymity within the fellowship, and I guess because this is before the traditions came about, and, uh, you know, I know for me, I don't mind if my name or my experience, my story, whatever is passed on, you know, as long as it's to help another compulsive reader, I think it's it's worth it. And uh, when people ask me, you know, how did I lose the weight and how do I keep it off, I tell them I'm in a way and I share with them, you know, the program of recovery. Thanks for letting me share that. And thank you, Renata. Okay. Hi, my name is Charles. I eat too much recovered. Can I stay today? You may. Go ahead, Charles. Thank you very much for your service, and thank you. Good morning, all visionaries. Hopefully you had a successful and great weekend. Um, it's important. Yeah, now to me, um, even though the traditions weren't formulated, this is a, a, a pretty much a bit where... Um, 
they receive the idea. Well, the idea. Well, the tw- tradition twelve was being born. Um, this is what I see from these two paragraphs. However, how smart Alcoholics Anonymous was back in those days and still today. Um, you know, I think the motive was love, just like it says on page eighty-five. Um, we don't want. We don't want. We don't want one person or even a group of people representing Alcoholics Anonymous by saying their names and saying they're affiliated when they speak publicly, publicly, because uh, it could it could hurt the fellowship with well hurt hurt the fellowship, which in turn would hurt others going down the line. The millions of people that have recovered since since 1939, and um, it also protects. The person, even though you know a lot of people, you know, like I, even me as a, as a newcomer, I used to be like, I don't care if they knew I was in Alcoholics Anonymous. I don't care if they knew if I was in uh, Overeaters Anonymous. However, the whole world, you know, doesn't have a program. The whole world hasn't gone through the twelve steps, so I could be judged unfairly. And you know, you know how that goes. Technicalities. I could be. You know, anything could happen. I could be terminated because of a flaw, and the ulterior motive behind it is, oh, this guy, is a, I got an alcoholic working for me. So thank God for this paragraph, um, these two paragraphs, and thank God for the consciousness that these, these gentlemen that uh, formulated this, this book. And I think, And, again, I want to thank my sponsor for when we went through this book initially, not just going straight to Bill's story. There's a lot of good information in here. Um, this weekend, I've just been, you know, ever since we, we, we turned back um, after we did the first 100, I've just been digging and combing through every sentence, and it's just good money in here. You know, I, you always hear me say I live in, I, I mean, I do have sponsors, and I, I say I live in 10, 11, and, and, and 1, right, because I never want to leave. I never want to return and think that I got it. I may be recovered, but 1201, I'm not cured. So with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks for allowing me to share. Well, thank you, Charles. Anyone else would like to comment or share on what was read? Kim? Rakesis? Okay, we'll have Kim, and then we'll have Rakesis. Anne-Marie? And Anne-Marie. Anyone else? Okay, we'll go with those three, Kim, Rakesis, and Anne-Marie. Please go ahead, Kim. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, all. My name is Kim Jay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And I, this is such important information. What is anonymity? You know, unfortunately, I think we have warped what this is. So, what is it? What are they telling us here? What is the purpose of anonymity? So it is important that we remain anonymous because we are too few at present to handle the overwhelming number of personal appeals which may result from this publication. So that they're saying, if, if they say this is the Bill W movement and people only want to talk to Bill W., then how are they going to be able to help all those people? And then they're telling us, when we speak publicly and we earnestly ask the press, you know, the first line of the long form of the 11th tradition, it says, our relations with the general public should be characterized by personal anonymity. That's the purpose of anonymity. Unfortunately, I think our fellowship has often said, well, you know, it's personal anonymity within the room. And I have heard Dr. Bob speak 
where he talks about that's breaking anonymity. We are not to be anonymous to each other. If there's a member in our fellowship who is suffering, for us to say, well, I can't tell anybody because I don't want to break their anonymity, is, how, is, is really destructive to our fellowship. You know, we'd all, you know, we say all the time we're a program of attraction, not promotion. Well, how is anyone going to be attracted to us if nobody knows we're in Overeaters Anonymous? We're not supposed to be anonymous when it comes to someone asking us, well, how did you lose the weight? You seem a little different. You're not as angry. You know, that, that we, we can tell people we're in Overeaters Anonymous. Anonymity is at the level of press. So when I'm on the recorded portion of this meeting, I'm Kim G. from South Jersey. When I'm not being recorded, I'll give my full last name. You know, I heard an AA speaker, and it so hit me. He was from a state, and he was talking about this exact comment, this exact concept of how we've worked anonymity to be anonymous to each other and we've become less effective. And he actually called out Overeaters Anonymous. He said in his area, Overeaters Anonymous was dying because they took anonymity to the point that it became a secret society. We are not a secret society. We are a society that is led by God, and anonymity lets us know that we are led by God, not by personalities. But each individually and to each other, we are not anonymous. It's only on the level of press and publicity. I think it's important that we know that, because I do see how we do that, that hurts people in our fellowship. Because we're so anonymous to each other that we can't find each other when we're in trouble. And I think that's something we should all think about. And with that, I pass. Well, thank you, Kim G. Rakefit, please. I, I asked, uh, Janice, did you call on me? I did. Okay. Sorry. I was unmuting. Um, thank you. I'm Rakefit, recovered compulsive overeater from California. And to me, the fact that they based our our whole organization on anonymity to me is just brilliant, absolute brilliance. Because I nobody I know for me I I do too. Most people have an ego, and if I'm not anonymous and if I'm out known to the public and I'm representing AA and I'm become a public figure, then too much of my ego would get involved. I would lose track probably of what I was doing. I have seen this over and over in organizations. And everyone has an ego to a certain degree, some some more than others. But um, organizations where people become public public representatives, they their ego grows. I mean that's just natural. That that is who we are, human beings. And when um I mean, she does egos already in OA, as I as I see it, and to have another level of publicity based on who you are to me is would just be a disaster. Would just be a disaster. All the organizations that you see, where people's egos are so involved that they lose track of what they're even doing. They lose they lose themselves. They lose themselves in you know in in they get caught up in in representing the organization in public and their name gets known and they get to have their picture taken and they, they're on TV or whatever. If that ever happened to me, I mean, I would, I would lose track of what I was doing, what I, why I was here. What really does OA stand for? 
And what I'm trying to do is help other compulsive overeaters. I don't see how going on TV and all that is going to help. If it sounds to me more like I'm selling a product. So anyway, thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Rakefit. And Marie, you're up next. This is Anne-Marie M. Please Did you call ahead. me, Janet? Okay. Please go ahead, uh, Anne-Marie. Yes. Thank, thank you. Um, um, recovered compulsive eater in um, Rhode Island right now. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, Tradition 12, yeah. Um, it does say in the big book, in the 12 and 12, um, right in, like uh, Kim was explaining, that it specifically says that um, page 13, um, that um, we, uh, 100% anonymity at the public level, at the public level, and not within the fellowship. Just, I mean, I don't want to repeat everything that Kim said, but um, I'd like to add on to that. Um, within our fellowship, it is important for us to know each other and you know i don't like i don't like to judge however that is one of my character defects <laughs> and um that recently came up um that i was judging and i recognize that why uh, why why some people are fearful i guess that's my my i'm judging again why some people do not want others in the fellowship to know um who they are um but it is so important for us to know who we are. And in AA, I, I very much want OA to be as successful as AA. And I, some, when I see differences, I look. What does AA do about anonymity? I, I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I know my sponsors, sponsors, sponsors. Um, whenever anyone receives a medallion, which is, you know, a yearly uh, coin, um, it's, rep- it's given from their sponsor in the group. So everyone in my home group knows everyone else's sponsor. So we are like a family. Um, and it is not shame-based if someone goes out and drinks, because this is a disease. And like... Alcoholics Anonymous, like alcoholism, compulsive eating is a disease. And I think a lot of people, it appears to me that it's it's a shame-based disease, even in our fellowship, that we don't want one another to know whether or not, uh, you know, we broke our anonymity. And I'm just going to read something on page 80, 185 from the 12 and 12. I don't, I don't want to go over my time, but as um, the AA groups multiplied, so this became a problem, um, and one of the, the reasons why they did write the 12 traditions as these problems occurred. But um, as AA multiplied, so did anonymity problems, enthusiastic over a spectacular, uh, spectacular recovery of a brother alcoholic. We sometimes discuss those intimate and harrowing experiences, aspects, I'm sorry, of his case meant for his sponsor's ear only the aggravated victim would then rightly declare that his trust had been broken. When such stories um, got into circulation outside of AA, the loss of confidence in that anonymity promise was severe. It frequently turned people away. Clearly, every AA member and Story 2 
had to be confidential if he wished. So if he wished, I need to respect those that don't want the amity broken without judgment. Um, but I think that the, that is the exception. The, the majority ought to be that our anonymity is open within the fellowship. I think that needs, the major, needs to be the majority. The, mi- the minority, in my eyes, needs to be that someone does not want their anonymity broken. And without judgment, I need to respect that. Um, but I'm just hoping that OA can turn towards the, the way of being open with our anonymity within our fellowship. You know, I care about my sponsors, sponsees. Um, and I'm hoping that my sponsor's sponsor knows about me and, and cares enough. So um, we are human, and these mistakes do happen where someone enthusiastically shares someone else's story, and that's, that's very sad that that happens, but we are human. Um, we need to be careful of that, and we need to point that out to one another. As you know, as as someone that's recovered, may see someone a new prospect come in and start sharing stories about someone else. We need to nip that in the bud right away and say, no, we don't do that here. We are an anonymous program to the public, not to one another. Um, thank you. Okay, thank you, Anne Marie. Is there anyone else that would like to comment? Barbara. Larry. I okay, we I hear Barbara and I hear Larry. Please go ahead. Barbara. Thank you. This is Barbara, Recovered Compulsive O-Reader in Massachusetts. I want to look at part of the first paragraph that we read because it's calling up my story and one of the things that I learned actually by making the mistake, and that is that we like it understood that our alcoholic work is an avocation, you know, that um, being mostly business or professional folk, we couldn't carry on our occupations. Well, um, I was so enthusiastic to carry this message of at last, at last, freedom, freedom from bondage, freedom from addictive eating and all the other torments of the disease, that I neglected my family, I neglected um, professional obligations, you know, I shortcutted things to do service in the fellowship, and I thought, that's a very good thing. But actually, it was and out of balance, just as an all-or-nothing kind of person I was uh, in disease, I was that way uh, in recovery, in my misguided, misnomered uh, reading of, of the material and of the book. So it's a very good reminder for me uh, to keep it in balance. In fact, I had a sponsor who said to me within the fellowship, you know, sometimes you have to say no to good things. Um, so in addition to looking at the the fact of anonymity um, on the public level. I'm also looking at the fact of the, of the balance in the carrying of the message. Thank you, and I pass. Well, thank you, Barbara. Larry, you're next. Thanks so much for your service. Uh, Larry Recovered, Compulsive Reader from Chicago. Um, so, yeah, also talking about this notion of an avocation. What is an avocation? Um, one of the things that an avocation is to me is it's something done for pleasure. It's a pleasure to, you know, when I when I was, you know, when you're drowning and you're dying, as I was, um, <laughs> there wasn't much that was very pleasurable in my life. I don't know about you. Um, 
now it's uh, it is a pleasure to carry the message. And I'm reminded, you know, in working with others on page 97, um, this was brought to my attention by someone. I I I, I conferred with somebody uh, several years ago, and I said, "Do you ever feel overwhelmed?" This was someone that was really putting themselves out there. You know, it was not anonymous, uh, that's for sure. And uh, I was feeling a little sorry for myself as I was choosing to put myself out there, people were calling and they were responding because, you know, my life had been saved. And uh, and I said, do you ever feel overwhelmed? And he said, turn to page 97 and read to me that first paragraph. It says, never avoid these responsibilities, but be sure you are doing the right thing if you assume them. Helping others is the foundation stone of your recovery. A timely act once in a while isn't enough. You have to act the Good Samaritan every day, if need be. And so, yeah, I put myself out there. You know, I'm not anonymous in, in Overeaters Anonymous um, because it's a pleasure to carry the message. And, yes, I, I have work, and I'm, I'm a father, and I'm a son, and a sibling, and I have a social life, and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, this is... Uh, Again, when 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 you when you've been brought back to life, you know, God hit hit control alt delete. You know, I was rebooted. That's that's what happened to me. You know, with the action steps, I was rebooted. I was restored to sanity. And I remember reading somewhere it says people who feel good about themselves end up making people around them feel good. People who feel bad about themselves end up making people around them feel bad. That's what I did before. I didn't make too many people feel good when they were around me. Today I do that not because I'm doing it. God, God is God is doing it. God rebooted me, restored me to sanity. And thus, you know, that when I carry the message, which is a, a pleasure, it's a pleasure to do that because so much has been done for me. Yes, it's the corner foundation stone of my recovery, but, and I get so much from it, but it's uh, it's a responsibility that I have to carry, and I'm not anonymous. I know readers anonymous. I'm, I'm Larry, Larry from Chicago. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Well, thank you, Larry. I think we're going to go on, and Helena, if you could start reading that next, um, the next paragraph, please. We are not an organization. Good morning. This is Helena in New Jersey. We are not an organization in the conventional sense of the word. There are no fees or dues whatsoever. The only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop drinking. We are not allied with any particular faith, sect, or denomination, nor do we oppose anyone. We simply wish to be helpful to those who are afflicted. We shall be interested to hear from those who are getting results from this book, particularly from those who have commenced work with other alcoholics. We should like to be helpful in such cases. Inquiry by scientific, medical, and religious societies will be welcomed. Alcoholics Anonymous. So I know that many people will be sharing a lot of things about this. What I hear is that a great expectation that simply having this book and following the principles precisely and the steps as they are outlined in this book will give results. And uh, in this forward to the first edition, the first 100 would love to hear from people who are getting results, in particular those who have gotten enough results, have stopped drinking, and are now able to help others. 
um, they are looking forward to scientific, medical, and religious societies uh, seeing results and wanting to know more. Um, what strikes me also, having listened very carefully today to the 12 traditions, is that we are not an organization in the conventional sense of the word. And there are many ways in which we are not a conventional organization. Um, and as was pointed out already, this is before the 12 steps, sorry, the 12 traditions were written. And so it became necessary, um, as will be seen in the forward to the second edition, to have those traditions. Um, on the page, on page XVIII, it says, our society entered a fierce and fearsome and exciting adolescent period. Could these large numbers of erstwhile erratic alcoholics successfully meet and work together? It seemed that um, with this very simple basis, just simply to say we are not an organization, we don't have dues or fees, and then they had to hammer out the 12 traditions because to continue on from where I was reading, uh, would there be quarrels over membership, leadership, and money? Would there be strivings for power and prestige? Would there be schisms which would split AA apart? Soon, AA was beset by these very problems. And yet, this simple group that is not an organization in any particular, in the um, normal sense of the word, was able to hammer out 12 traditions, which are not also anything that... Uh, a corporation or most group organizations that we know are able to follow, yet it has worked. Um, I am just also realizing that for myself, I wanted to make a quick comment on anonymity. For myself, anonymity is so important. It helps me keep my ego in check. I am just one among many. Um, AA, I believe, often says that the person, the newcomer, the newest person in the group is the most important person in the group, not Helena, who has so much to give, not all of us who are so recovered. Yes, we have a lot to give, but I must keep my own ego in check, and anonymity is a wonderful way to do that, and that, too, is part of the fact that we are not an organization in the conventional sense of the word. We, we don't have dues and fees. We don't have people who are leaders. They're just trusted servants, and uh, I know there will be more things said about this, so I'm just going to listen now. Thank you. And thank you, Helena. Okay, anyone uh, would like to share on what was read? Start yes, one, this two, is one, Patty. Anita L., is that Patty first? Yes. And this is I'd like to share, please. All right. And then there's Anita L. Patty, Anita L. Please go okay, ahead. Okay. My name, my name is Patty, and I am from California, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And I would like to share about the only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop drinking. And that is the only requirement for membership into the fellowship. But if we want to recover, we have to work, the, we have to do the program, the program of action. And um, without that, we cannot recover. So if we're just, you know, sitting in a chair in a room, we're not going to recover. We have to take the action. We have to pick up this big book, read it with someone, and work through it and do the action as it comes up in the 12 steps. Um, I, I, for years, went to program and just sat in a chair did nothing but the tools, and I never got any results until I picked up this book and did the program of action. So I'd just like to stress that it may be the only requirement for membership, but it is not 
if we want to have a spiritual experience, we have to do the action. Thank you so much for letting me share. Have a great day. And thank you, Patty. Anita L., please. Yes, good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from Philadelphia. Uh, I wanted to share on that same sentence, but it's something different about it, and that is um, someone in the fellowship of AA shared with me that uh, one of the words that was uh, stricken, or maybe it's the only word that was stricken from the opening statement, is the word honest. Because if you think about it, when it's um, repeated in your in your meetings, the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. It doesn't say an honest desire anymore to stop drinking. So I think... I'm not positive on this one. I think when the second edition was printed, they dropped the word honest. And she said because there were some members of AA who didn't have an honest desire, they were, uh, I guess they were uh, commanded by the courts or whatever to come and sit in the rooms and then uh and then some people there just really didn't have an honest desire they were still dishonest with their drinking however they did have a desire they just weren't ready to put the bottle down altogether so i just wanted to uh share on that i believe i'm correct however you know i may be wrong um And the other thing I wanted to share on from the first paragraph where somebody else already shared that, you know, if we want to carry the message to another person and and disclose our our commitment to this program, um, someone who's not in the press or TV or whatever, then it's okay to do that because I'm breaking my own anonymity. And I was at a retreat this weekend in Philadelphia area, and oh my goodness, it was so wonderful. And so when I came home, I saw a few of my neighbors, and they said, oh, we saw your husband at the pool, but we didn't see you. And I said, well, I was at a retreat all weekend, and uh, a spiritual retreat, and they kind of looked at me like they wanted to know more. So then I said, I, you know, it was, I am a compulsive overeater, so it was an Overeaters Anonymous retreat. So I broke my own a- anonymity, and I did that because I am proud to be a member of Overeaters Anonymous. And they, you know, what their response was? Well, I can see from the look on your face that you were spiritually filled because you're just beaming right now. So anyway, that's carrying the message also without saying too much. Thank you for letting me share. With that, I pass. Have a great day. Thank you, Anita. Anyone else would like to share, comment on what was read? Press star yes, one. I'd like to share. My uh-huh. name is Lisa. Okay, the first name was what? Lisa? Vasa, V-A-S-A. Oh, I'm sorry, Vasa. And then I heard another voice? Hannah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 
Hannah. Okay. Vasa and Hannah. Yes. Vasa, please go ahead. Thank you for your service, and thank you for being everybody there. And I am a grateful, <coughs> recovering compulsive overeater. And when I came to Overeaters Anonymous years ago, I was introduced introduced to the big book, and that's how I started my program because we didn't have much literature in those days. And I've been really looking forward to getting to this meeting, to get this hour from 7 to 8 free because I have, you know, responses and this and that. But anyways, I started with the big book, and I'm so, so grateful that, you know, I had people uh, that led me to the big book. You know, there were AA and OA, and, uh, and I've continued with the big book, too. But I remember thinking the only requirement, requirement for membership is the honest desire to stop drinking or eating. And I had, like, I, you know, I had hit bottom in those years, and I had more than the desire to stop eating compulsively and to me it was a gift but I didn't think it was a gift in those days I thought it was torture but today I'm so so grateful grateful and we are not allied with any particular faith sect or denomination or do we oppose anyone we simply wish to help to be helpful to those who are affiliated and I know for me I was relieved I was relieved to find out it didn't cost anything you know, because whatever I went, there was always money to pay. And my sponsor said, you know, this doesn't cost anything. There's a basket that goes around, and, you know, you can put a quarter or a dollar if you have it. If you don't have it, you don't put in it anything, you know. And in those days, I really didn't have much money, you know, but I had enough to put a dollar or two dollars in the basket. So, and for me, it was very helpful at the beginning just to sit and listen, sit and listen and take the action what people took uh, that was working for them. And that's, you know, at the beginning, that's all I could do is just sit and listen. And I was so afraid to say something anyways because I didn't want to make a mistake or, you know, I didn't want to offend anybody. But the God has taken me places I never thought I'd be today. And I'm just so grateful that I'm at this meeting. I've wanted, I've listened to the pay, playback number, but I've been waiting to have this uh, hour open so I can participate. And, and I'm just so grateful that I've been able to listen off and on when I can. And I kind of waited till, um you started right from the beginning. So I said, well, I'm just going to start in participating when uh, they start, you know, step one from the beginning. So I'm so, so grateful to be here, and uh, I'm looking really forward to listen to other people. And thank you, and I pass. And thank you for sharing, Vasa. Okay, Hannah, please, you're next. Good morning. Um, I'm Hannah. I'm a grateful, recovered compulsive eater in Colorado, and thank you for your service, everyone who makes this meeting possible. Um, I I, I, I want to say this especially for anyone who's new or who's wondering if OA can help them, um, who isn't sure if this is really a disease or not. Um, I think that this, 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 what is the third tradition, the only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop drinking or you could say an honest desire to stop eating compulsively 
or however I want to phrase it in a way that helps me understand um, I, I, when I was new, what worked for me was understanding this. I had an honest desire to stop hurting myself with food um, and whatever. I didn't have to call it anything in particular. Um, and I, I, I think that, that that keeps me focused on what I'm here for rather than getting caught in definitions and what I am or what someone else is or if they really are X, Y, Z or they just think they are. You know, all of that area of judgment gets cut aside when I say, oh, the only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop eating compulsively, um, or to stop overeating compulsively. Um, that, so if you're new and and trying to figure this stuff out, don't don't worry too much about it. You know, I, I think everyone has the freedom here to come to his or her own relationship with the this disease, with food, with anonymity. Um, there isn't a should about well, I should be proud enough to tell people I'm a compulsive eater or you know, I should be modest enough not to tell people. It 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 really when I'm guided by the spiritual principles here and remember, oh that's right, this isn't self help and it isn't therapy. It's a spiritual fellowship and we're grounded in our relationship with a higher power. Thanks that I passed. Thank you, Hannah. Is there anyone else that would like to share on these these paragraphs? Just press star one to unmute. Sue G. Sue G. Go ahead, Sue G. Hello, my dear. Thank you for sharing, and thanks everybody for sharing. And it's Sue G. Recovered in southeastern Pennsylvania, and the subject of anonymity. I, I find it. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing in, in the steps, in the traditions, in these pages here. Um, I like our fellowship. It is simple to get in. I have to look and say, do I have an honest desire to stop eating compulsively? That's all that's required. And I, can, I don't have to be perfectly honest. If you're a newcomer and you become more honest later on, great. That's what we're all doing. Because I'm sorry, Suji. Suji, with kindness, it's a little gobbled. I mean, is there something that you can do? All right, now let me a... uh, do star one twice and see if that helps. Is that better? Well, I, I hope. Go ahead, you sound. Yeah, go ahead, try it. Okay, again. it's a little better. All right. Um, that I think that it's easy to join our fellowship if we're in need. It's very easy. You just have to honestly admit that you have a desire to stop eating compulsively. And that's, um, we, we only have to be as honest as we're capable of being at the time. We can't be more than that. So, so that's it. That's simple. Um, the part that gets um, a little more complicated is 
once you're in, what goes out. It, it, it should be easy to be in the fellowship to let out whatever you need to share to begin to recover in the fellowship um, so that you can work these steps and you can have confidence in doing that and have confidence that there's some confidentiality, that there's trust, that if I say to you, please don't repeat this, that you won't outside the meeting and in the meeting, that you won't because those are our ground rules, our, our expectations, our, our traditions guide us in that way. And so we can have confidence and trust. We can have privacy, but we don't need to have that elephant in the living room. We don't need to have secrecy by and large. But there are exceptions to that too. Someone might be afraid that someone that an addict is going to hurt them. Well, then maybe there ought to be a little secrecy too. But the the idea within our fellowship is that we are free to share what we need to, that other people don't form judgments against us, and that we are all welcome. And within that, then we can go in a direction of listening to those who are recovered, do what they do, uh, try to recover ourselves. And, and that's how it works. And I think of it in the family, too. I think of a time when in my family, um, when the kids were younger and we had a few acting out adolescents among our number, uh, we had a family meeting one time. And I remember one of my kids was yelling and screaming in this thing. And basically, my husband and I, the, the father and the mother, we were anonymous. We were only father and mother. We were not Dick and Sue, doctor this and doctor that, blah, 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 blah. We were just the parents because it was a family meeting. Just like in this group, I may tell you personal things about me, but I'm just a member, just like you. And so in the family, we, we said, okay, if you're going to sit in this family meeting, we the parents are in charge of this family meeting because we're older than you are and we're the boss here. So you're going to have to quiet down if you want to be in this family meeting. Otherwise, you may be excused and we will make the rules and we will follow them. And, and she did quiet down. And that's, um, that sounds like a strange example, but to me it really isn't because anonymity allows you to do what you have to do, to have a singular purpose. We have a singular purpose here, to try to recover from compulsive overeating, undereating, compulsive eating. And that's it. So we have that that common reason to come in, and then we have protections about what goes out. And, of course, these traditions originated with the relationship of AA to the rest of the world, but it's also about our relationship to each other within our fellowship. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. And thank you, Suji. We have time for one more or two more. Leah. Leah, please go ahead. Thanks so much, Janice, for your service. Um, as you know, we read this today, uh, a few things just pop out at me. Um, we simply wish to be helpful to those who are afflicted. Um, and the word results in that next paragraph kind of pop out at me. And, you know, thank God today, uh, you know, uh, we have a goal and an aim and objective uh, in this group. And thank God, you know, uh, we get to uh, 
come together and carry a message of hope. You know, that 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 statement here, we simply wish to be helpful to those who are afflicted, you know, later became Tradition 5. You know, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Um, this page, you know, was obviously written before the traditions were hammered out, and they were hammered out out of experience in the groups. But these traditions, you know, are not hindering technicalities. They are proven guides toward the chief objective of all groups. And what is that chief objective? That chief objective is to carry this program of recovery. You know, these 12 traditions that we reviewed this morning, some of them, uh, they're a list of sacrifices that we have to make individually and collectively if we're going to stay alive and healthy. And because why? Because we have a goal in mind. We have an objective. We have had certain results, very specific results. We shall be interested to hear from those who are getting results. What are those results? The results are that after individually applying these 12 steps, the obsession of the mind has been driven out, and today we live as free men and women. You know, sometimes, unfortunately, in OA meetings, people talk about everything except being recovered from the disease of compulsive overeating and the application of the 12 steps in their lives. Thank God the program of recovery here and these traditions remind us that our whole purpose here is to train newcomers, and the purpose of this line, actually, is to train newcomers in the principles and the language of the 12 steps and to keep the meeting on track. The fellowship is very powerful, indeed it is, but the program of recovery is what will create that vital change that's necessary for uh, getting to a place called recovered. So, you know, although we all come together and we love one another, the whole point is to encourage one another and to offer that message of hope that individually, if you do apply these 12 steps in your life, you too will have the results that the program is talking about, which is to be relieved of that merciless obsession that we all came here uh, about. So, uh, you know, the program of recovery and these traditions are all keeping us on track. The traditions save us from ourselves as a group, and the 12 steps save us individually. And with that, I pass. Thanks. And thank you, Leah. And thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Sarah W., will you kindly read a vision for you? Yes, I will, Janice. Can you hear me? Hear you very well. Thank you, Janice, for your service. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sarah W., grateful recovery compulsive reader. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. 
We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you.